From TV6 News, it's Descubre with Monse. I'm Monse Ricosa. Descubre means to discover, and I'm here to help you discover more about different and diverse topics in the United States. Welcome to Descubre with Monse's ninth episode, COVID-19's Effects on Communities of Color. Today is Monday, May 4th. The novel coronavirus COVID-19 is spreading through the entire world. As of Monday morning, there are nearly 3.5 million positive cases and nearly 250,000 deaths. In the United States, there are about 1.1 million cases and over 65,000 deaths. Those cases are seen more widespread in communities of color. In Chicago, 31% of patients who identified their race and ethnicity are white, 30% are Latino, and 29% are African-American. 70% of those who died in Chicago due to COVID-19 are Black, while they only make up 30% of the city's population. In Wisconsin's Milwaukee County, 81% of deaths from COVID-19 are Black, even though that population only represents 27% of the county. In the Quad Cities, which is a region of five cities clustered on the banks of the Mississippi River along the Iowa-Illinois border, including Davenport and Bettendorf, Iowa, and Rock Island, Moline, and East Moline, Illinois, we are seeing similar trends as well. African-American residents make up about 7% of the Quad Cities population, but are about 12% of the positive COVID-19 cases. Similarly, Hispanic residents are about 9% of the population in the Quad Cities, but account for 23% of the positive cases. As a side note, like you, I'm working from home instead of in the studio, so in parts of the interview, you may hear traffic in the background. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Can you hear and see me okay? Yep, I can hear you great. Today, we will be speaking with Daniel Joyner, who is the Diversity and Community Impact Officer at Unity Point Health Hospital, about COVID's effect on communities of color. Could you explain how COVID-19 is impacting communities of color especially? Yeah, so um, I think a, a lot of what we're seeing here locally in the Quad Cities, uh, which is similar to what we're seeing across the country, is um, really a highlight of the socioeconomic differences uh, between communities of color and, and those that have a little bit more resources in our community. Um, so I think what we're seeing also with the high numbers that, that we're experiencing, uh, specifically in the Hispanic and African-American community uh, that we're seeing is uh, you look at some of the jobs that they hold um, in the community, uh, very uh, high exposure type jobs. When you talk about transportation jobs, um, food service, hospitality, a lot of those uh, jobs have uh, contact with other people uh, at high rates, which increases the, the risk and exposure of uh, contracting COVID. Hmm. I mean, part of it is because they have more of a risk to have it, because mm -hmm. so, we can't work from home, right? Correct. Yep. So that's a part of it. Uh, the other part that, that we're seeing, too, is just the underlying uh, health conditions in those communities of color. Um, so, you know, higher prevalence of diabetes, uh, heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, lack of nutrition and exercise are all things that can have a negative impact when coupled with COVID-19. Could you give background as to why communities of color are more susceptible to those things like diabetes, high blood pressure, and lack of nutrition? Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, a number of different uh, reasons. Um, that you can point to, uh, but we always like to talk about the social determinants of health uh, when we're talking about those things. So uh, where people live, 
their housing conditions, um, lack of transportation, uh, education, the type of jobs again that they hold. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a number of different things that uh, when there's pandemics like this that happen, um, you see a disproportionate rate uh, impact those underserved communities because of that. Mm -hmm. And what can communities of color and those that are around them do to make sure that we're preventing the spread of it? You know, we know wash your hands, all that. Is there any extra mm -hmm. steps to take? Yeah, I think you just have to be extra uh, vigilant and cautious about that. Take heed to uh, the recommendations that are being um, put out by the health departments, by the CDC, making sure, like you said, that you're washing your hands, that you wear a mask uh, if you have a mask, uh, and then social distance. I know some of the things that are cultural uh, that we're seeing as well, where you have multiple generations in a household, um, you know, just uh, the sharing of food and those type of things that, that you see in a number of communities uh, that are very culture-based. Um, just being aware and cognizant of some of those things that uh, you typically do uh, that you may have to take a pause on at this time uh, because of the risk that's there. I hadn't thought about it that way. Cause, I mean, we both represent different parts of this and with Latinos especially, I mean, we do have a very large family oriented system mm -hmm. for the older generations or those that don't think they want to break those, you know, family barriers and say, well, we're just going to keep sitting really close together or go out what would right. you want them to remember about all of this? I think the biggest thing is uh, safety first. You know, um, like I said, some of those, the, the cultural things and the things that we naturally do uh, may just have to be put on pause for a little bit uh, while we continue to keep each other safe. So uh, I think that, that would be the biggest thing is just making sure that we can all do our part uh, to ensure that our families are safe and our community is safe and, and reduce the spread of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And access to healthcare, is that also a factor? Because I mean, we're seeing there's a lack of tests throughout the country, but does mm -hmm. being able to go to a doctor or get access to transportation also play a role in this? Yeah, access to care is another big uh, factor. Uh, again, going back to some of those cultural things too, just the delay in care at times that we see in, in certain communities where, uh, you know, individuals may wait until it's absolutely necessary before they, they see a doctor. So I think, again, with pandemics like COVID-19, uh, looking at the importance of having a primary care doctor, uh, the importance of uh, understanding where the nearest doctor is, uh, the nearest urgent care, and how to utilize those services and not always go to the ER uh, as a primary source of care uh, are all things that uh, everyone in the community uh, should really be aware of and educated on uh, mm -hmm. so they can make better decisions about their care and, um, and also reduce the cost based on, um, you know, what type of symptoms that they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And yesterday I spoke with um, a village of a thousand elders, which is made up of a group of black pastors. And they were saying there's mm -hmm. part of it is also cultural with, you know, face masks, Latinos and African-Americans going out and wearing face masks has a negative connotation sometimes. Mm -hmm. And do you, how do you think that also plays a barrier in, you know, we hear all these rules, but there's different social rules that we have to follow. Yeah, yeah, and, and some of those things are tough, right? It's, it's tough when you're being told wear a mask uh, so you can stay safe, uh, but there's some other potential risk in that too, uh, by way of profiling and that type of thing. Um, you know, my, my thought on that would just be to continue to, uh, 
to do what you can to be safe uh, and understand that some of those risks are there. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to just be aware of um, kind of those situations that you may be put into and, uh, and really just focus on how you as an individual in our community can handle those uh, situations as best possible. I would encourage them to call uh, the doctor, call the hospital ahead of time, mm -hmm. you know, again, to reduce the exposure uh, that could potentially come uh, with our staff members and other, others in the community, I think is another important thing that uh, we ought to keep in mind. Some community outreach groups in Illinois for Latinos are saying part of the reason there's a surge in positive cases among their neighborhoods is the lack of information made available to them in Spanish. While the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is releasing breakdown of COVID-19 cases by race, their data is missing racial information for three quarters of all cases. They also did not include any breakdown on demographics for the deaths. This podcast was produced and edited by Monza Ricosa. The music composed by Gabriel Candiani and Eduardo Moretti Valenzuela. I'm your host, Monza Ricosa. Hasta la próxima. Until next time. <laughs>